Oh, welcome aboard. Welcome to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations where we aim rather than laser focus. It's when we set definitive results and expectations on ourselves or try to live up to unreasonable expectations of others that we end up in anxiety and despair. My name is Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Mike. And quite often on this show, what we talk about is trying to avoid living life on wishes, hopes, and waiting for something to happen. And we gently confront people and say, well, how's that worked for you? How's your turn behind the wheel done? So it's action and effort in people's life that create change. In the 12-step world, we often talk about we can't think our way into acting right. We act our way into thinking right. Thought must be followed by action. Action is congruent. It's, it's a synergy type of effect. Thought and action equals results. And as a disclaimer, I do not speak for any 12-step organization. I don't claim to have the final knowledge or represent what these organizations thoughts and focus and mission statement is. These are merely my own interpretation based on my years of involvement in 12-step recovery, which as a therapist I use as a vehicle for behavioral change, Mike. So the last time we talked about those commitment steps, one, two, and three. Today we're going to talk about steps four, five, and six, which is the beginning of the action steps. The action steps. So step four says, made a fearless and searching moral inventory of ourselves. So any business that doesn't take an inventory, Mike, what usually happens? Uh, they, they end up uh, being wasteful with their spending. A wasteful with their spending, or perhaps we're keeping or holding on to items that are not selling or have no useful purpose, or perhaps even hold us back. Which, you know, waste space, which, which keeps you from moving forward. The purpose of this inventory, and when I talk about searching and fearless, searching means that you're going to look under rocks. Fearless means that we're going to find some things out about ourselves that perhaps we wouldn't care to have advertised. However, these are obstacles and these are anchors which hold us in, in our present position. This is one of the most misunderstood, misdescribed steps in 12-step recovery. And I'm here to tell you, and people can get upset with me if they choose, you don't need to get workbooks. You don't need to get CDs. You don't need to have all these fancy things from the Internet. Uh, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous on page 64 to 71 are the instructions. All right? And unlike some popular misconceptions, it's not a life story from your first memory until five seconds ago. There are three lists involved. Resentments fears, and sex. So, neighbors and friends out there, get out your coloring books and crayons. So what we do is we make a four columns. We make four columns, and let's say we put resentments right at the top, four columns. In the first column, we put who the resentment is against. And in the second column, we put what was the resentment. In the third column, we place how does it affect me, and the fourth column is the most important, and that is the part I played in it. Remember, this is your inventory, not other people's. So let me give you an example. Uh, let's say resentments, okay? So I was uh, speaking at a rehab in Corning, New York, a number of months ago, and I gave this example. So maybe their resentment was against me. 
say, okay, your resentment's against Jim. Well, what's the resentment about? Well, he talks loud and he talks long and he's in my face and he, he makes me uncomfortable. Well, what does that affect? Well, it makes me anxious. It makes me angry. And it makes me a bit introspective talking about things that I don't want to talk about or hear. And however, the fourth column is the most important, the part I played in it. And I said to them, I said, you, your troubles are of your own making. And the reason that you're here in front of me having this resentment against me is because you've made choices in your life that put you in a position to be hurt. Own it. Own it. So we just can't list a resentment against the world. We list a resentment against specific people, places, and things. So let's say you have a resentment against your boss. You have a resentment against your partner. So you want to list what each resentment is, not lump them together, and the most important thing, identify your part in it. And I believe that if you do this job thoroughly, then you'll find the resentment against yourself migrating to the very top of the list, the resentment against yourself. The second list is fear. Everyone has some type of fear. No one is fearless. No one is fearless. No matter what anyone says, no one is fearless. And remember, fear is a fundamental foundational emotion. As it says in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's a corroding thread that goes throughout our lives. So whether you're afraid of bunny rabbits, whether you're afraid of the dark, whether you're afraid of living, dying, whatever may happen, those are important things to bring out. However, the fear that most people leave out is the fear of being found out. All people have some type of repressed memory, some type of something they've stuffed in the hole that they don't want advertised and they would never want to be brought to the light of day. And it's our secrets that do keep us sick. These are like stones that are weighing us down. They're inside our body. However, we won't even acknowledge them, much less let them go. So these secrets are like vampires. When vampires come into the sunlight, Mike, what happens? Uh, they disappear. They turn to ash. They turn they to burn. ash. And they dissolve. They burn. Okay? They fade away. They fade away. So that's what we talk about telling the truth. You only have to tell the truth once. It improves your memory, but it, that first time it may be like chewing up broken glass and spitting it out. Okay? It's painful. It's painful. But these are truths. Okay? You can't unsing a song that's been sung. All right. So carrying these things around and labeling and identifying those fears, those memories, the things that you've done that are holding you back and you're ashamed of them. Okay. Do you want to hold on to that guilt and remorse about those for the rest of your life? The guilt, remorse and shame? I certainly hope not. Let's make that inventory. Let's inventory it. And the last list, which is sex, is perhaps the most misunderstood. It's not your orientation. It's not the number of consensual partners. It's not your acrobatic positions. It is where we've been selfish or dishonest. Selfish or dishonest in a sexual or emotional relationship with another human being. A sexual or emotional relationship with another human being. Where have we been selfish and dishonest? If we remember, Mike, there's four commonalities among people with addictive personalities. Number one, selfishness and self-centeredness. It's usually all about us. Even when we're doing something for someone else, we're building up credits for ourselves. 
The second commonality is impulsiveness, reactivity. We react rather than respond to situations. We don't think through to consequences. We have $500. We need to pay the rent tomorrow. However, that's tomorrow. This shiny item isn't sitting in front of me right now. I'm going to purchase it and not look through the consequences. That's reactivity. The third commonality is people-pleasing. As people with addictive personalities, and remember, everybody's in recovery from something. They've been referred to as egomaniacs with inferiority complexes. Okay? We can be loud. We can be obnoxious. We can be bullies. But deep inside, we're that, we're that person who really is afraid and really wants to be loved and doesn't know how to be loved or love another person. The fourth is lying and deceit. Um, and please, I include myself in this. We lie to make conversation. We use it as a second language. Uh, we lie about things we don't need to do. We will lie about what we had for dinner. It's just it's just common. So let's say this, Mike. If uh, if I called you up and I said, "Hey, Mike, uh, when are you going to get here?" All I wanted to know was when. Five minutes. Five hours. Five days, five weeks, five months, five years, never. That's all I wanted to know. So if you were an hour and a half away, what would be your general answer? I'll be there in an hour and a half. And uh, so many people are, are like, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Yes. I have watched people respond to somebody calling and say, yeah, I'll be there in 10. And I'm just like, you're 20 minutes away and you ha- you're still sitting here. Or someone calls you and say, hey, uh, when are you going to get here? I'm on my way. You haven't even gotten out of bed yet. Oh, yeah. You know, those are lies of admission. But the more that we use those, the more those become established patterns of behavior. And really the biggest lies that an individual tells is to themselves. We try to convince ourselves is delusions. Delusional thinking is holding on to firm fixed beliefs despite solid evidence to the contrary. We we don't like to we don't like to read that. So a four-step inventory is very important. And it's not about developing guilt and shame. It's not about thinking and sitting back and saying, Oh my gosh, what a horrible person I am. It's like opening up a refrigerator that you haven't cleaned out in a long time. It's gonna it's there's gonna be an odor inside there. Okay. But however, that refrigerator can be clean and it's time to clean it out we've just kept it shut for so long because we know what's inside and we're fearful of it okay so in the fifth step mike uh, according to the 12-step world we admitted to god to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs these four-step inventories aren't to be shared these four-step inventories are to be between you your creator and your sponsor that's that's it. That is all. So I've seen I've seen marriages break up over people finding their significant others fourth steps. Okay? Uh friendships have been destroyed. Uh relationships with children. Remember, you're trying to clean out your closet. You're trying to clean up your side of the street. Clean up your wreckage and you have no intentions of wanting to hurt anybody else. All right? So in this fifth step, Usually what you do is you sit down with another individual who you do your fifth step with, uh, and I'll just share how I do things. I don't do fifth steps with the people that I work with, all right, because I've helped them prepare their fourth step. I've helped them filter that out and prepare it. So I'd rather have more uh, an, an objective view. 
that maybe can look and see something that I cannot because I'm too enmeshed in it. All right. And of course, what we'd like to do is have a qualified individual, meaning that that individual has worked through the 12 steps of recovery. Okay. And this is an interactive exchange. It's not somebody just sits and reads their, uh, reads their notebook and say, Oh, I feel so light. It's so wonderful. The, you know, the sun is shining. Uh, the other person is interactive and they share qualify themselves and also share with, well, here's what worked for me in this situation. Here's what worked for that. I can resonate with that. They can, people connect. Okay. It's a common bond. It's a, it's a commonality. So the fifth step of 12 step recovery is, is very important. Now what happens then is after every step in the book, it's not suggested that you take a nice vacation. Oh, you've worked so hard, Mike, please take a break. No, Usually after every step, what it says, now it's time for more action. That action word, I hope this is something that you hear about repeatedly throughout this. Action and effort. Action and effort. We can't expect something to appear. You know, we've gone over the lottery story more than once for those who... Um, Please check out our website at fishingwithoutfaith.com where you can listen to the show comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.